Welcome to the Divorce Reset Podcast. If you're divorced and are ready to move on, you have come to the right place. Divorce probably isn't what any of us dreamed of on our wedding day, but I promise you that if you take the right steps, you can create a new version of Happily Ever After. Come with me and I can show you how to navigate and thrive in this chapter of your life. Break up with your divorce story and make peace with your past. I'm Allison Cole, and you're listening to the Divorce Reset Podcast, episode number nine, How to Want More. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode nine of the Divorce Reset Podcast. I'm excited to be here today to talk to you about how to want more. But before we dive in, I want to take a minute and thank those of you who have gone and left a review on iTunes for me. Apple has an AI-based ranking system, and it uses reviews to kind of fuel the AI. And when people leave a review, it allows other people to find the podcast uh, through Apple's recommendations. So it gives the podcast credibility. And so when when, when Apple makes the recommendations, people will know that it's something worth listening to. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And if you haven't yet, I would love if you would leave me a review. I also want to mention that spring has started where I live. And because the area here is on a migratory bird path, my yard is full of birds right now. And they are making so much racket. Such a no- They are making so much noise. And... So if you hear chirping or whistling or calling in the background, just know that's what's going on. It's not me. It's just nature has exploded. All right. So today we're going to talk about how to want more. I think one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself, and I this is usually one of the places where I start with my clients, is the question, what do you want? What do you want? This is the starting point often when I have a first meeting with a client. And one of the first things they get clear about is their highest desires, the things that get them excited and jazzed about their life. Those things, those thoughts and desires that light them up like a Christmas tree. And in approaching this question and this topic, I want to talk about the idea of the soul. The world we live in, I, the soul isn't discussed very much, but in coaching, while we may not always call it the soul, a lot of the work that we do as coaches is work for you to reconnect with your soul. And so, so just what comes up for you when I mention the word soul? Let's just think about it for a second. Without judgment, you know, those of us who may have a religious background, you may have some, some things attached to the word soul. You know, where I live, there's we're into music, so there's soul around music, there's soul food. These are all kind of interesting uses of the word soul. There's almost like um, different paths or patterns that people use to reach that deep level of, of soulfulness. And so what I'm referencing here when I use the word soul is that deepest part of you, the part of you that is uniquely you, the part of you that is transcendent that is present in our lives 
but is often ignored or pushed past because in the world we live in, there's this steady rush of task and just pure distractions, particularly nowadays with all of the technology that we have. So there's not a lot of space made in our lives for soul or soulfulness. And I want to suggest that your soul is not a thing apart from you, but it is a way of experiencing life and ourselves in a way that is deep, thoughtful, meaningful, and it allows us to create a life that is marked by connection, wholeheartedness, and grace. Sometimes I think of it as soulful living. And I just want to suggest to you that your soul is unique to you. As my soul is unique to me, it is the place where our individuality lives. And it's often neglected, stifled, ignored. But it is the place where we learn to grow and become holy ourselves. And for those of us who have gone through divorce or loss or other big life changes, these experiences give us an opportunity to connect with our own selves, our own individuality, with our soul in a way that perhaps was not available to us before. So I want to suggest that these experiences, what some may think of as ordeals or trials or dark moments in our lives, some people may reference them as a valley. These are actually doors that are opening for you into a new way of being present in your life and stepping more fully into yourself. And as a coach, that's what I do for my clients, or I actually should say, that's what I assist because it's really the clients who do the work, but I just help guide them. And and sometimes you're so in your own head and in your own life that you, you don't see these areas where you you might be a little stuck. And so as a coach, you, I, I just provide perspective. It's almost like if the person's in the valley, I might be a, a little bit further up the path, up the hill, and I can see down and see, oh, that's the issue. That's what a coach does. A, a coach is a person who helps you recognize and care for your soul and nurture that part of you that is unique and soulful and perhaps has been neglected in your life. And I also want to add that often as women, whether for cultural conditionings or the patterns of your family or for whatever reason, we cannot remember the things that we really want. Particularly, I find this with women. We kind of have been conditioned, some of us from the very beginning of our life, to think that our whole purpose is to serve others, to diminish ourselves and our dreams and our desires, to make them subservient in order to make other people's lives more important and better. And this is perhaps most particularly true of mothers. And some of that. We could have a much longer discussion and maybe I'll have another podcast on that. But it's just a thing to recognize. As women, if there's something that we want, we will often think of it in terms of how it will help other people rather than just wanting it for the sake of wanting it. Or we we might judge it or deny it, dismiss it or stuff it away. And when you stuff things away that you really want, it creates a lot of other things in your life, like, like buffering, some of the overing that we talked about, the overeating, perhaps over drinking, the over consuming, because there's a deep longing there, a soulfulness that you might be ignoring. And it's something that I see in so many of my my friends and, and clients. And it's just and, and, and also in myself. 
because there's always these areas where you're discovering it. And it's just a space of denial. And so the way to start to create room is to basically know what you want. And this is very different from knowing what you think you can have. A lot of times what we want is what we have. And a lot of times what we want is not what we have. And we just spend a lot of time lying to ourselves and justifying our lives and sometimes settling for things that we don't want. So I want to start with talking about the idea of wanting and desire. I've seen so many people hide their truest desires from themselves. I've heard them say, I don't know what I want. When asked, but what if you did know? Another way you might ask this question that you could say in a perfect world, if you could have whatever you want. Now that that's basically the same question of what do you want? But by kind of playing with the words, it gives people the freedom to dream. And if you have this conversation with yourself, ultimately your truest desire will match with what's possible in your life. So I want you to think about this question for a minute. In a perfect world, what do you really want? What do you really want? If you remove the doubt, if you remove confusion, if you remove questioning what is possible and you just answer, what do you really want? If you allow the answer bubble up inside you, what comes up? Allow yourself to be surprised, delighted, amazed. Sometimes people, when I work with them on this, they laugh and they're like, well, I mean, in a perfect world, this is what I want. Then they will say things that are so extraordinary and beautiful and inspiring. And their whole expression will change. Even their body language will change. They'll relax and they'll get this expression and joy. And it's beautiful. This, just the exercise of doing this for yourself, it can be so much fun. One of the important things to do as you're asking this question is to let yourself know that no matter what answer comes up, you don't have to act on it. You always get to decide. You have complete power in your life. And you don't have to let the knowing of what you truly want hurt you. And I want to add this because if you have a belief system in place that you can't have what you want, or you may believe that knowing what you want will end up hurting you or hurting other people in your life, then what's going to happen is you will stuff it back down again and you'll create a story about lack and scarcity and deprivation and just will tell yourself again that you're not ever able to get what you want. And I, I think that's a very important thing to remind yourself of because if, if you have a belief system that you can't have what you want or that it's selfish to want things, knowing what you want could end up hurting you. Like you can use your own beliefs against you because of the story you can create. And that's why it's important to understand not only what we want, but also why. And if it's for a dopamine hit or it's a way to avoid the pain of divorce or loss or if it's another way to prove our own worthiness to ourselves and others through achievement or reinforcing what other people think about you, then that may be a false desire. Or we just need to get clearer on your why, because sometimes that's just the clutter. And then underneath it, you can start once you start saying, what do you want? And then all these things come up and you start asking why. Sometimes knowing what we want is scary. It's scary sometimes to be honest with yourself and others about what you really want. 
you've been handed an opportunity, a nudge to look closely at some things in your life and to see what serves you and what doesn't. And I believe there's something inside of us, that nudge, that urge from the universe to push us forward, to evolve, to create, to grow, and to connect with your own soulfulness. I believe in satisfaction. I believe in contentment. And I believe in appreciating what we have. And I believe in celebrating our accomplishments. But I also believe that that nudge, as long as we're alive, it will always be there. And I watch so many people put that nudge away, saying, this is good enough. This will work. I'll compromise. I'll people please. I'll caretake. This will be fine. Instead of asking themselves, no, what do I really want? What is my dream? What do I want in a mate? What do I want in my relationships? What do I want in a job? What do I want in a business? What do I want in a friend? What do I want in myself? What kind of community do I want to be a part of? And I want to propose to you that this period of time after your divorce, when the dust is settling and you're starting to think about what's next, this is the time, the perfect time to start having this conversation with yourself. So the first step is, as I mentioned before, the beginning is self-awareness. And that's by asking this question, that's what you're doing. What do I want? What do I really want? And the why, that's the awareness. And the second component of this is truthfulness, telling yourself the absolute truth about what you want and not being afraid because again, knowing that you don't have to act on it because the truth is you might tell yourself, I don't want to be in this relationship. The truth is I don't want to have another child or be a step parent. The truth is I do want to have another child. The truth is I don't want to be in this job or this career. The truth is I want to get remarried. The truth is I don't. The truth is I don't want to help this charity or keep volunteering my time to this organization. The truth is I don't want to be part of this friend group anymore. The truth is I want new friends. You want to tell yourself the truth about what you want, even if you don't like the truth about yourself, even if you wish the truth was something different. There's a difference between wanting to want something and actually wanting something. So remember, you can tell yourself the truth. You don't have to act on it. But you want to tell yourself the truth when you say, I don't want this, or I want this, but I'm not going to act on it, because that is the truth. And owning that truth and knowing that you have the agency or the self-determination to decide whether you're going to go after it or not is key to becoming fluent in you. And that's the goal here, is for you to become so knowledgeable, so fluent, so comfortable in your own skin that you develop a completely new relationship with yourself. And that's actually one of the best things to do before you enter into a relationship with other people. And that's very different than lying to yourself and telling yourself that you don't want something that you want. That will show up again in urges and buffering in other areas. And then the second thing is telling yourself the truth, the honest God truth about it, about yourself, Again, knowing that you don't have to act on it, but that you can feel that crystal ring of truth inside. The third thing you're going to do is you're going to let the fear come up. Knowing what you want is scary. It's always like that. It's like this is your mission should you choose to accept it. This is your want should you choose to go after it. This is your desire, the map to your destiny. Are you courageous enough to consider it? Have you heard yourself? Have you felt that crystal ring of truth? And when that fear comes up, I want you to step toward it. 
I want you to embrace it and breathe into it and allow it. Let it fill up the entire room, the entire house, whatever the spaces you're in. Because when you avoid the fear that's associated with your desire, you start to deny your desires. You start to deny what you really want, and that will show up in urges. And just sit with the truth of what you want and let it be scary. Let yourself be afraid. And just know that you as a human, we've talked about this before, is that you have your brain is hardwired for survival and that your brain is not programmed for desire or to get out of the cave. And again, recognize that there's a whole other layer of conditioning if you're a woman. This la- there might be another layer of conditioning that has tied your acceptance of yourself to pleasing others in order to be part of a community, a family, or a group. And so part of this process is just recognizing your primitive brain and just recognizing that as a current modern day human, it just doesn't serve you in the way that it did your ancestors. And once you've done the self-awareness and you told yourself the truth and you feel the fear and you recognize all of the emotions that are coming up, then you make a choice. You'll make a really clear and conscious choice in your life, whether you will pursue the want, wait, or delay, or deny the want. And from that place of yes, maybe, or no, you will get a new energy because you'll have understood something about yourself. And you'll also feel the power of decision-making. And even if you make a decision not to pursue the want, even if you make the decision to let the fear overwhelm you and not pursue the want, like you might even tell yourself, I'm just too scared to go do that. I'm, I'm too scared to leave this job. I'm too afraid to get married. I'm too afraid to start my business. I'm too scared to write the book. I'm too afraid to do whatever. And even though I really want to, I'm afraid. Just know that the honesty you're having with yourself allows you to grow stronger. By making this statement, by telling yourself the truth, by making this decision, the power is released. And it doesn't mean that it's the decision forever. I want to encourage you that when you follow your desire, when you make decisions to follow your true desires, your true wants, to go after them, you're going to fail. And then you're going to get back up. And then you might fall down. And then you get back up. And that's why it's scary because you'll be challenged. And I think that's part of the reason why there's fear. Because of what that may mean in terms of choice and change is that you disappoint other people sometimes. And it might mean you disappoint yourself sometimes. And you may change your mind. It may mean that you become a different version of yourself. And, and that might be scary too, because you might worry that other people aren't going to like it or support you. And that's where courage comes in to honor your desire, to honor your want, to tell yourself the truth about it, to become self-aware enough to even know it. What is a want that you don't even acknowledge because it makes you afraid? It's so tucked away. And then you might acknowledge what your soul is thirsting for. What you're deeply hungry for is not food, not the alcohol, not the online shopping, not Netflix, not sex, but this deeper desire that's always been there and that you've never recognized or told yourself about it because you're afraid. That's okay. I'm going to offer to you that when you take action on a true desire, you're living the purpose of your life. And if you're and if you're a person who is trying to find this purpose, if you're a person who has a 
deep desire to connect with your soul and with your life, and you're not taking action on your deepest wants, you're going to always be left a little sad and denied and most likely buffering from the pain. The shift is from the pain of untruthfulness, the pain of denial, the pain of giving up on your desire to the fear of actually pursuing the life of your dreams. I so want every person who is listening to this podcast to understand what it's like to accomplish and to achieve and to pursue one of your true desires. It doesn't make you more valuable or worthy or better. It doesn't even make you happier, but it can make you feel clicked into your purpose and to your life and to why you are here. And it's just like building a muscle. When you go to the gym for the first time, by like, or maybe you go running or, or do exercise after a long hiatus, you're going to be sore. The first week or two back, you're going to feel stiff and sore and, and possibly question why you're doing it. And this work is like that. But I want to tell you, you're not here to be safe or to survive. You're not here to make the people around you pleased with you. You're not here to contort yourself into an image of what you think other people like or impress other people. You're here to honor that deep soulfulness, that deep nudge within you that asks you to be more, that asks you to step forward, and that asks you to have self-awareness or the courage to embrace your fear, to make the choice, to actually be willing to change. And so the next time this comes up, that want will be accomplished and you will know that you did it and you'll be able to move on to the next one. And if you're willing to become aware and to live your life in accordance and truth, you will always be growing. You will always be changing. You will always be getting better at accomplishing your true wants. I wish this for each and every one of you. Ask yourself, in a perfect world, what would you want? What do you want? What is your soul hunger for? Tell yourself the truth and maybe start taking some action toward it. And if you would like to talk to someone about this, I would really recommend reaching out to a coach and I would be so honored to be that person for you. But having this conversation with yourself and perhaps being guided by someone through it, it can change your life. If you're interested, there's a link in my show notes and um, you can schedule a free chat with me and we can talk about it. Have a beautiful week, my friends. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Reset Podcast. And if you would like to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with me, please go subscribe to my weekly email. And you can subscribe at allisonmcole.com or by clicking on the link in my show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the Divorce Reset Podcast. Would you please help others to find this podcast by subscribing and leaving a five-star review? And if you would like some free tools to help accelerate your divorce recovery, please check out the links in the show notes or head over to Instagram where you can find me at Allison M. Cole. That's A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-M-C-O-L-E or hashtag the divorce reset. And please tune in next week. Between now and then, remember that everything is working for you. And don't forget that you are stronger than you know and braver than you can imagine. See you next week. Music